Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. The day this program is played on KPCG, members of the Philadelphia Church of God around the world will be celebrating the Holy Day of Atonement. This day is all about bringing the devil to justice. For 6,000 years, he has caused all pain and suffering that mankind has endured. He has turned billions of people away from God. And all humans have come under the penalty of eternal death for our sins. Of course, Jesus Christ paid that penalty in our stead. We have the chance to repent of our sins thanks to the sacrifice of Christ. And we can escape the penalty of eternal death as a result. But that alone is not true justice. Satan the devil must bear his guilt for causing us to sin. All human beings have made the choice to sin at some time or another, many, many times over the course of a lifetime. We are guilty. Christ bore our guilt, but Satan must also bear his guilt for there to be true justice. Not very long from now, right after the return of Jesus Christ, Satan will face justice. This will be the fulfillment of the Day of Atonement. Satan will be bound and cast into the bottomless pit where he will be stuck along with millions of demons for thousands of years, as it shows in Revelation chapter 20. This Day of Atonement really does have everything to do with God's work. On atonement, we fast, we go without food and water for 24 hours, sunset to sunset. This is a holy Sabbath to God. But why do we fast on atonement as it commands us to do in Leviticus chapter 23? Well, fasting brings us at one with God. Now, we will not truly be fully at one with God until we become God and until Satan is banished. But by putting away our carnal, fleshly longing for physical food and drink, by ignoring that need for a full day, we are humbled. And we are forced to think more like God and to look to God and to realize how helpless we are without God. And only when we are humble and teachable and childlike 
can we receive God's revelation? Once we receive that revelation, we must declare it. Now, the prophet Daniel had a lot of experience with fasting and a lot of experience fighting against the devil. Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Flurry has written a booklet titled Daniel Unsealed at Last. Daniel Unsealed at Last. You can get a free copy at thetrumpet.com. And he writes here in the introduction, God's time has come to reveal some of the most profound prophecies ever in the book of Daniel. It should inspire spellbinding wonder and awe in God's people and the world. You will have to study hard to understand and retain this astonishing revelation. Satan clearly understands what this revelation means for his evil plans and for God's work. He exerts Herculean effort to stop such vital prophecy. Did you know that God and Satan go to war over delivering the true message to the world? God is working to get this message out. Satan does whatever he can to stop it. Notice here, Daniel chapter 10. Here in this chapter, God delivered a vision to Daniel through the messenger angel, archangel, Gabriel. Now, God is the only one who can reveal his secrets and help us understand what the Bible really means. This is how Daniel prepared himself to receive the truth and to understand the truth. Daniel 10 verses 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Daniel fasted. He humbled himself before God to receive God's vision. But Satan was opposing the delivery of the vision. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. In this booklet, Daniel Unsealed at Last, Mr. Flurry writes, Satan fought against the two great archangels, Michael and Gabriel, for 21 days. It took that long for God's two most powerful archangels to prevail. Satan was trying to prevent God's secrets from being revealed. Then verse 14, 
Daniel 10, verse 14. Now I am come to make you understand what shall befall your people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. Mr. Flurry writes, Satan tried extremely hard to keep God's vision from being revealed to Daniel. How much harder would he work to stop these secrets from being revealed and proclaimed today, since they are for the time we are living in right now? Perhaps he would try about a hundred times harder. If you think three weeks of resistance sounds like a lot, what about Satan exerting 100 times the effort to stop God's truth from going out today. A third of the Bible is prophecy. 90% of all that prophecy is for this end time. The time you are living through right now. Who could possibly benefit more from understanding the prophecies of the Bible than those who are alive today. Those who are experiencing the fulfillment of these prophecies today. Of course, Satan will do everything possible to, to stop us from understanding, to blur the vision in our minds. So we can't see our glorious future with God. And we don't know what is about to happen in God's church and in the world leading up to the return of Jesus Christ. Satan wants us to be confused and discouraged. He wants us to doubt what the future holds. He wants us to be fearful. He'll do whatever he can to steal your vision. Mr. Flurry writes, Daniel had to fast to hang on to those secrets. And we have to stay close to God and use his power today, or we will lose God's precious secrets, his revealed truth. We stand no chance against Satan without God's power. Isn't that a fact? Satan the devil, the master broadcaster, Infiltrating human minds with his attitudes, his moods, his impulses, inspiring people to live the get way of life at the expense of other people instead of the give way of life. Satan who deceives the entire world, as it says in Revelation 12, verse 9. If Satan has deceived billions of human beings, could he not deceive you? Is he really incapable of deceiving you on your own? Of course not. Notice here a little bit further down in Daniel chapter 10, starting in verse 18. Then there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me and said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. 
Then said he, Know you wherefore I come unto you? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. But I will show you that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holds with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. You see, Gabriel and Michael, the messenger archangel and the warrior archangel worked together to allow the revelation to go from God to Christ through the angels to God's man, Daniel. The pipeline of revelation stayed open and stayed flowing thanks to the efforts of Gabriel and Michael. Satan's primary target is God's church and God's work. We have God's precious truth and we help God's man deliver that truth to the entire world. We spread God's vision to anyone who will see to anyone with an open mind to understand who truly seeks the answers to life's most important questions. Those answers are available and God will work with those kinds of people. Those who are humble and ready to learn. Satan knows if he can take the vision away from us, we won't be able to deliver it to anyone else. Here in Daniel 10 verses 18 through 21, you see Satan described as the prince of Persia. Satan controls the kingdoms of this world. He controls human leaders here on earth. He shifts world powers. He shakes the nations. But so do we with God's message. Now, Satan will not attack the nations until he tries his best to destroy God's church. We are his first priority. If we stand strong, then Satan moves on to the nations. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says that we wrestle in a spiritual war against dark spirit forces. This is spiritual war. And the battle is for your mind. Your mind is the battleground to be won or lost. Your mind can be enlightened by God's truth. And as long as you obey and submit to God, you will continue to receive and understand the truth as God reveals it through his man to the church. But the moment you start to rebel, the moment you let sin hang around, that vision is darkened. The understanding starts to slip away. Your mind is opened up to Satan's broadcast. Mr. Flurry writes, where you find God's truth, you always find Satan's strongest attack. 
Satan works hard. He works nonstop to steal the truth from us. So we can't pass it on. Now, we can be encouraged because we know the blueprint. We know the path to success. As we do God's work today, as we get God's message out today, someone went on before us and pioneered the way. Revelation 3 verse 21, to him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and have sat down with my father in his throne. Jesus Christ conquered the devil. With God's power and God's help, we too can and must conquer the devil. The reward is spectacular, but it does not come easy. Mr. Flurry writes here in Daniel Unsealed at Last in the introduction. We have received this staggering revelation. Now we must digest and proclaim it to Satan's world. Only we are standing up and conquering the devil. That is why God continues to reveal such powerful truth only to his loyal Philadelphians. This is God's way of encouraging us to continue to fight against Satan and this world. Even as Satan attacks us viciously, we ought to be encouraged because that's all part of God's plan. And it's all part of inheriting a marvelous reward. We ought to soar spiritually, as Mr. Flurry writes. Because we have God's secrets and we teach those secrets to mankind if they will listen. This is, this is an article from the July 1969 Good News magazine. Are you ignorant of Satan's devices? And it says here, the easiest way to open oneself to Satan is to engage in the same repugnant mental contortions which permeate Satan's mind. Lying, unforgiveness, discouragement, self-righteousness, accusation. Conversely, it stands to reason that the surest method of completely thwarting Satan is to immerse oneself in whatever activity or work is most repulsively hostile to Satan the very antithesis of his desires. That work is God's work. God wants us to do what Satan hates. He doesn't want us to think and live like the devil. He wants us to rebel against the devil and throw ourselves into the work that the devil hates the most. We can take a kind of pleasure in infuriating the devil. The devil lives to ruin our lives and rob us of our reward. We should want to upset him by going against the tide of the world. 
the world that is deceived, the world that is held captive by sin and by Satan. We can make the devil furious by supporting God's work. This article continues, Satan hates God's work with an immeasurable, seething, fiendish disgust. Indeed, he has two good reasons. One, God's work is heralding the triumphal return of Jesus Christ to take the kingdoms of this world away from Satan. Two, God's work is proclaiming the mystery of God, that every person can qualify to become God, far overshadowing Satan. That's what God's work is telling the world, that God's kingdom will overthrow Satan's earthly kingdoms. Satan, the God of this world, will be kicked off the throne of the earth when Jesus Christ returns. He will be overthrown. He will be toppled. He will be bound and banished on the fulfillment of the Holy Day of Atonement, which God's people are celebrating this very day when this podcast has been released. But not only that, Satan is extremely arrogant and vain. He's so self-righteous. And he knows deep down that our potential is greater than his ever was. Even before he rebelled, even when he was a righteous archangel, he never had a chance to be born spiritually into the God family. Angels are great. They are remarkable. The righteous ones. But even they don't have our potential to be spirit-born sons of God. To transform from clod of dust, from clod into God. We're going to be greater than Satan ever was or could ever hope to be. And we tell the world about that truth, which makes Satan very upset. This article, Are You Ignorant of Satan's Devices? Again, from the July 1969 Good News says, Here then is the best way to decimate and disintegrate Satan's attempts to penetrate your mental defenses. Participate in God's work. Throw your whole being into God's work. How? Get off yourself. Get on to God's work. It says, when you pray, how much time do you devote to God's work? The plans, progress, income, top leaders, ministers, foreign offices, departments, broadcasts, co-workers, magazines, and on and on. Are you spending more efforts on your own personally petty spiritual problems? Surely don't ignore your problems but put them where they belong, after God's work. It's easy to pray about ourselves. God says, put him first. Seek first the kingdom, Matthew chapter 6. Pray about the work. Pray about the brethren. Pray about the coworkers and the supporters of the work before praying about yourself. It's a question of who comes first, you or God. This article says that we can resist the devil 
by dedicating ourselves to God's work. And if we do that, the promise of James 4 verse 7 will be fulfilled. The devil will flee from you. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.